The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Of cultivating happiness. It came to me because today in the United States it's Thanksgiving and that's a day kind of um, where we reflect on or think about what we appreciate, what we feel blessed by. And to me that felt very connected with this topic of of happiness. That's kind of a way into happiness in a way um, to reflect on what we're grateful for. But the the topic is a little bigger than that, so I'll speak about it more generally. There's a lot of ways into looking at happiness in, in the Buddhist practice. I mean it doesn't it's not obvious necessarily right at the beginning. Um, the basic one of the foundational teachings of the Buddha is the Four Noble Truths and that's very much framed in terms of suffering. First Noble Truth, there is suffering. Second Noble Truth, suffering arises with craving. The Third Noble Truth, there is an ending of suffering and this is where the happiness piece really comes in. The ending of suffering is sometimes understood to be the greatest happiness. And then there is a path, a way to that happiness. There's a, a, a way to cultivate our hearts and minds to move in that direction of happiness. Some of that happiness comes as we begin to explore the suffering. And that's, that's, that's kind of the paradoxical piece of, of the practice at first, that we explore getting to know our own habits, patterns that are are reactive habits, are constrictions. And as we do that with this mindful exploration, a curiosity about what is it like to have these happening as opposed to being involved in them, we, we begin to understand several ways that happiness can be, can, can evolve here that we we begin to see that there can be a little bit of space around the challenges. There's a kind of uh, some ease that can be there in the midst of the challenges. And if we are attuned to it, that kind of ease can be understood as a form, a subtle form of happiness. Just that there's a little bit of a release, a, a kind of some space perhaps. And that, that is, it actually is a form. It is a form of happiness, that ease that can come through just being with our suffering. It's like the shift of relationship from struggling against our suffering to understanding this is suffering. And the uh, the willingness to hold it and allow it to evolve and often release, there is that uh, kind of taste of some ease or peace, a kind of happiness that can come through the practice of exploring our suffering, of allowing it, of being with it. 
this is a lot of what we talk about. <laughs> you know, how do we do that? How do we practice with, with the struggles, the stress, the suffering? And also as we practice with the, the stress, the suffering, sometimes, sometimes we even get to see it release. And some of the first times I saw it, you know, watching a particular habit or pattern let go. I remember one time really watching a pattern of wanting and just feeling like my mind was like gripped in this wanting and then watching it for long enough to see the conditions that put that wanting together end and with the conditions ending, the wanting ended and it felt like I was released from a vice grip. So just seeing it and the ending of that suffering was experienced as a great, not only relief, release, but delight, delight and joy came with that. Again, happiness coming with the exploration around suffering. And yet this exploration around suffering is not the only way that the um, the teachings encourage us to cultivate happiness. It's a major way. It is a major way that understanding suffering is a major way towards freedom from suffering. Understanding suffering is a major way towards the mind moving in the direction of releasing it. And that third noble truth described as the ending of suffering. But there are ways, uh, and in fact, in the Eightfold Path, the uh, Um, the cultivation of wise effort has two sides to it. It's encouraging us to get to know the the challenging, the unskillful, the the difficult, to, um, to cultivate the conditions that will allow the mind to let go of the unskillful and to avoid the unskillful from arising. But also, it encourages to cultivate the skillful, the wholesome beautiful qualities of mind, to cultivate qualities of patience, of gratitude, of delight, of joy, of love, of compassion. And so these wholesome qualities and happiness is included in there as well. So to cultivate happiness is a part of our path, a part of our practice. So there's different ways towards the cultivation of happiness. I mean, there's the as I was just talking about, we can, a form of happiness, we can begin to cultivate happiness by getting to know really well what's in its way. And as that falls away, then we begin to taste the possibility for happiness. Sometimes I find as that suffering falls away, it's a little bit subtle, the kind of happiness that's there, the subtlety of that ease or peace not necessarily felt or experienced as happiness so much. And so this is where the the other side comes in. We begin to, to be curious about, well, what is it to experience these wholesome states of mind? What is it to experience ease or peace? So often in our in our experience we're accustomed or attuned to as we explore with mindfulness what we are aware of, we're, we're often attuned to the bigger kinds of emotions. And so we think about happiness as being those big kinds of, you know, joy, delight, 
uh, that kind of thing. But the subtler kinds of happiness, just the delight of, oh, the taste of a really nice fruit, or you know, just, just ways in which we experience delight and joy through our day. Sometimes we, we might miss those. And so this is, this is a way to begin to cultivate happiness too, to kind of be curious about or attuned to, perhaps attuned to, when does delight, joy, happiness happen for us? Kind of to be curious about it. When, when does it happen? And then to bring that same sense of curiosity that we bring to stress and suffering and the the reactive patterns to those quiet moments of happiness. Those quiet moments of happiness. And I think of, you know, this day in in the US of Thanksgiving in in some ways the the encouragement often is to reflect on what we're grateful for, things that we might not necessarily like might not necessarily be obvious to us or, or that we're not conscious of or necess- these aren't the quite, quite the right words, but that we're not, we don't hold in our mind that we're grateful for them. That we take them for granted, really. I think that's, that's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of it, that we often take the simple, some of the simpler things in life for granted. And so this is, this is also a way into exploring happiness to reflect on to consciously reflect on what is not going wrong in my life you know kind of looking at the neutral is another way into exploring a cultivation of happiness so both of these you know i think we can look at in cultivating happiness we can look at where we feel or experience forms of happiness that are obvious to us, delight, joy, happiness, um, ease and peace are a little subtler, but, but when we experience those, when they arise for us, to take them in, to feel them, let, let them kind of um, take up residence in our in our bodies and minds, you know, really let ourselves feel them. Not to try to hold on to them, but to get a taste of what it's like to be a human being that's experiencing this. Now the Buddha does say that that he says there's two kinds of happiness. There's happiness that should be cultivated and happiness that shouldn't be cultivated. So he's distinguishing between the kind of happiness that results in more wholesomeness, more skillful qualities of mind arising, and the kind of happiness that results in more reactivity arising. Now we might not necessarily think about Happiness is leading to reactivity. But certain kinds of ways that we pursue happiness, certain ways that we pursue happiness of getting on, holding on to things, 
you know, that very action of, you know, we feel, we can feel a moment of happiness when we get something that we want. We can feel a little bit of a taste of, oh, I figured it out, I've got this. And and yet the the way that we've gone about it is kind of to reach out, grab and cling and then feel like our happiness depends on the holding on to it. And so with that kind of happiness can follow some fear, some contraction, some sense of what happens is if this goes away. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of uh, follow-ons potentially from the kind of happiness that results from being from being motivated to get something out of greed or get rid of something out of aversion. And so the Buddha encouraged us to notice the kind of happiness that, or to, to notice what happens when we have happiness. Because the way the way it's phrased, the the sutta quote is: when in following after happiness, one sees that unskillful qualities develop and skillful qualities are diminished, that kind of happiness should be avoided. And when following after happiness, one perceives that unskillful qualities are diminished and skillful qualities grow, that kind of happiness should be followed. And so the description here of this is assuming that you'll make those mistakes, you know, that that you will follow the kind of happiness that has that kind of clinging to it, but then just keep looking, see what happens as you as you um, keep exploring your experience. Did that kind of happiness lead to the increase of delight, joy, um, uh, ease, peace, patience, interest, settledness of mind? Or did it lead to fear and confusion and wanting to hold on to it? So, so to uh, to kind of be curious about what the evolution is when you notice happiness. I often talk about this in my own practice. I've, I've been talking about it quite a bit lately. So you probably heard me say recently, you know, this area in the area of the heart um, is kind of a guide for me that when I feel into, if I feel into a happiness that's about, you know, getting something, having something, holding on to something, there's a kind of quality of a little bit of, you know, tightness or tension here. But when I feel into the happiness that is, it's really the happiness of just, maybe the delight of just seeing something simple in the moment, it, it can there can be a kind of delight in sense pleasure that's not about holding on to but just about being present with and and there's a different quality to it it's just like it's it's like flowing through us as opposed to like wanting to be held on to and that there's a different quality in here for me and if this is this is a good good place to check in to this question of is this a helpful kind of happiness or is it the kind of happiness that's going to lead onward to to more struggle and stress and suffering so with cultivating 
happiness. We cultivate it through seeing what gets in the way. And in seeing what gets in the way, it begins to um, help the mind to let go of that, what's in the way. And as what's in the way falls away, we see the possibility for happiness. And we can cultivate happiness by recognizing it and being curious about this difference between happiness that's onward leading to more happiness, more ease, more peace, more well-being, and happiness that leads us towards more confusion and stress and reactivity. So to be curious about those those two. And then I also mentioned um, just briefly the noticing, and this for me takes a little more conscious kind of checking in. It's, a, it's an orientation a little bit, an orientation to um, um, noticing those times that are more neutral, noticing the, the times when, when we are not suffering. So the, the, uh, the third noble truth says the ending of suffering is 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 a kind of happiness it's this freedom but often we don't really notice when we are not suffering because we are more attuned to those bigger kinds of emotions and so for me it has it has taken a little bit of more just like reflection or a little bit of kind of checking in at times when it feels like yeah there's not much going on here and i'm sitting in a traffic light What's going on here? Not much is going on here. And if I can land with that, if I if I can if I can notice, I mean sometimes when I'm sitting in a traffic light, I what I notice is the impatience for it to turn green. But at other times I'm just sitting there. It's like, okay, yeah, this is a really neutral spot. Let's check in and see what's here. There's there's not any suffering here. And when I can really, you know, land with that, there can be um, kind of an interesting opening to just the appreciation for not suffering. It's subtle. It is subtle. A good way into reflecting about it, though, I mean, this maybe this will give you a taste of it. Um, I will occasionally do this in those neutral kind of places to... Um, um, think about, okay, well, let's just imagine if I had, um, you know, a, a major problem in my life right now, if I had a broken leg or something, how difficult would this moment be? Well, if I'm sitting in a traffic light, I probably wouldn't be the one driving, you know, if I had a broken leg, somebody else would be taking me to where I am. And then when I get there, I have to get the crutches out of the car and like get the cast and like you know try to get my leg out of the car and it's like it's a, it's a, it's it's a struggle making my meals would be a struggle getting out of bed would be a struggle bathing everything would be much more challenging and then imagining that in a moment if i could just say okay the leg is healed that cast is gone how happy would i be in that moment you know that would be a lot of happiness in that moment to have all of that extra burden not there well that's 
a place where we actually live more than we think. We, we orient to the things, that, to, to, to what we think of as burdens, but we don't notice the burdens that we don't have. And so this is, this is an interesting place to bring in or kind of reflect on or to support that investigation of those neutral places. You know, I'm, I'm taking a walk in the neighborhood and it's, you know, th- this is actually when I was doing my, when I did my, my month long retreat, this came up. You know, I, I took a lot of walks in the neighborhood and it was really just very neutral. But at the same time, it was like, yeah, I'm able to walk and see people and see all this, these trees and flowers. And, you know, it, it's just, it, there's a lot of delight that could come just from being in that very neutral place of, yeah, there's not a lot going on right now. And I also mentioned, I, I might have mentioned in this, in this, I mentioned it in one of the two classes right after my retreat how how um, I noticed at times that the mind would get bored during the retreat. Did I talk about this? And Yeah, talked about this. You know, that the mind would get bored sometimes. And that was like a great moment. When, when I really would notice the boredom, it was like a cue. It's like, okay, boredom means there's not a lot going on. So what's What's the experience when I, you know, it's like not a problem that there's not much going on. And there was so much contentment. Boredom and contentment seem to be so close together. You know, the boredom, the boredom was just some subtle idea that something else should be happening or something more exciting should be happening. And when the mind could just land with, well, this is what's happening and it's not, there's no problem. There's nothing big going on then there was really a, a settling into a very quiet place of deep happiness, actually, that contentment. It's a subtle kind of happiness, but it's a, it can be a very deep kind of infusing or per- pervading kind of happiness. So these, um, these are some thoughts about cultivating happiness, noticing what's in its way, cultivating being aware of when we are happy, you know, kind of orienting to noticing those moments when we are happy and, and being curious about the nature of that happiness. Is it the kind of happiness that has the expansive kind of quality to it or does it feel like it's trying to hold on to something? And then noticing when we're not suffering There's another practice that I've played with a little bit. I think it's more in, in other traditions than, than in the, um, the Theravadan tradition that I've practiced in, but um, just to kind of touch in in this moment, and let's just do this in this moment, you know, touch in in this moment. What, even if there's any little taste or flavor of ease or happiness available in this moment, even just a little bit in some place in your, in your heart, maybe just touching into that sense of, well, I don't have some other problem, some other burden. 
I don't know. I can't see your legs, so I don't know if you have broken legs. Many of you probably don't, so you could use that one if you don't have a broken leg. You know, I don't have a broken leg. They're touching in, finding the deepest or the, the, the peace or happiness that's available in this moment, and then just seeing if you can rest with that, even for a few moments. Just let that be. What I find as I practice or play with this is that I can, I can touch into something for a few seconds, but then the mind starts thinking about, well, yeah, but this is wrong, or this is wrong, or, and, and that's, that's not a problem. That's the next thing to recognize. And so when we, we explore that possibility of landing with that subtler ease or peace, our mind immediately goes into its habits of, yeah, oh, but there's this problem and that problem. So that's that's a way in which we can kind of notice, oh, well, th- that happened. That's kind of in the way. It kind of blocks that touching into that place of ease or peace. And if we notice it, sometimes what I've seen is sometimes I'll notice those little, little like poppings up of those what's not happiness. And as I see them, it's kind of like they can pop like popcorn and go away. And I maybe get another little taste of it. Of just that sense of, oh, yeah, it's actually in this moment, there's not a problem. And what we too too can see is that the problem making is in our own mental habits and patterns. So there's a couple minutes if there's any comments or reflections or questions about what I've shared. Yeah, Nick. Hi, thanks for that talk. That kind of inspired me. Um, You were talking about investigating neutral times. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's um, that's awareness of feeling tone. Yes. Just like when we're sitting. Yes. Right. So that's 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 a meditation in itself. That's kind of like bringing it off the uh, meditation cushion just in my daily life when I'm driving my car or I'm not doing my that that kind of uh, really interesting to me. And uh, and uh, you know, bring curiosity to it. Exactly. Yeah, and I thought, and I so I, I've been taking some notes, and that is um, that type of meditation is going to help me to cultivate happiness. And then I noticed that, like, if um, uh, if I develop like keep meditating and have that absorption, then it's easier for me to tell when my mind is unsettled. Yes, you know when I'm out doing my you know, daily business. And so that kind of helps and I can get curious about that. So that was kind of interesting to me. And, and the way you said it, I, I, I kind of resonated with that. So I, that was really interesting to me that that kind of corresponded with the foundations of mindfulness, the feeling tone, and that it's really interesting when something's neutral and that when I'm bored, I can investigate that and get curious with it. And, you know, maybe I have some serenity you know, and it doesn't have to be that boring. Yes. I just, that was my thought. And I think, 
Thanks for your talk. I'm glad everybody showed up on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> thanks, Nick. That's a great reflection. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Prajit. I wanted to ask about um, the two happinesses. And um, I feel like often for me, they they can appear together at the same time. So for example, you know, if you're caring for someone, you know, there's that um, skillful happiness of like that, that joy you get from actually like caring about, you know, another human being and taking care of them. Um, but, you know, also what can arise is this unskillful happiness of thinking, oh, what an awesome person I am. Like, look, look how great I am at, at you know, caring for someone. So I was kind of curious to hear your thoughts about, you know, when these two things uh, arrive together. This is a great question. I'm really glad you brought this up because it's not quite so, you know, just a dichotomy of, you know, one or the other. I mean, I think that, that they're, they're different aspects. I mean, I mean in, in, we, our minds can cling to anything. We can hold on to anything, even the wholesome, you know, so, so they can't, they can come together. And, you know, so I think our practice there isn't to just say, well, oh, taking care of somebody makes me feel really good, like really, you know, kind of egotistical about myself. So I shouldn't do that anymore. That's not, that's not the approach, <laughs> but it, it is useful to notice. I mean, I'm really happy you've noticed that because that is exactly what that the 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 Buddha is encouraging us to notice. So there's the happiness that's much more expansive of a feeling of the the sense of connection and care that comes with in this case the taking care of right. So there's that there's an there's an expansive feeling that comes with that. The the side of I'm so great. There's a little bit of like you know constriction there. You know it's. It's a kind of funny kind of constriction, but but we know the difference. You know, we we know it's not um, that same quality of being selfless or being um, connected. It's much more wrapped internally, me, me, me. So so that that's another kind of distinction of the two. And so you know, what what does it mean to notice that? To notice those two? And, you know, not to, not to try to, um, not to beat yourself up for that. It's, it, you know, it, it's happening. It's happening that, 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 that we kind of have that. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's conditioning. <laughs> it's, we've learned to do that. And, you know, and it feels, you know, it's, it's an odd thing. It feels good to help other people. And then, and then we feel like, oh, that makes me feel good. And I want more of that, you know, so, so there's all kinds of ways, not just through the, um, the kind of the, um, self aggrandizing, but just like, yeah, oh, I want more of that. So I think the, and the encouragement is to notice them, to notice the difference, you know, the, in a way, the, the kind of I'm so great is, um, kind of tamping down or or um, dulling, let's say, dulling the that the really expansive kind of happiness, and so we might begin to see um, that more constricted kind of happiness and be able to um, allow it to do its thing and not like buy into it. 
and maybe then we can even see it fall away at times. You know, we might see it begin to fall away and then experience what it's like to have that truly selfless giving and feel a different experience there. So it's it's interesting when we have the ones where it feels like mixed motivations, um, you know, it's like, see if you can hold, you know, like hold that they're both there. And sometimes we can land a little bit more on the, the more skillful side, but, but not to repress or to try to deny that the unskillful is there, but to notice how it kind of dims the experience in a way, you know, so, so we feel the way in which it is not so skillful. And as we feel that, that begins to help the mind to want to let go of it. So, you know, I, I really, I mean, I'm so happy that you've noticed it because that's, that's where the practice begins. You know, we can't just say, okay, I've noticed it. So I'm going to cut it off and stop it. It doesn't work that way, <laughs> but we can be aware of it and see what happens as we learn something about that side of it. And as we actually learn something about the more wholesome side of it. But I, so partly what I'm encouraging here is to, to get the flavor of the taste of the more wholesome side. Because that will also incline the mind, you know, not in a greedy way, but more just in a natural way of, oh, yeah, that's actually much more a sense of well-being, that quality, than the sense of I'm so great. You know, that, that our minds begin to learn a different kind of happiness. We taste a different kind of happiness through kind of orienting to, well, what is that really genuine sense of care? What is that? 